Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment of Health Professional Radio. In this segment, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Grayson Armstrong here from Massachusetts Eye and Ear to talk about his study on optimizing telemedicine and AI for eye care. It was presented at the 2022 American Academy of Ophthalmology annual meeting. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Grayson Armstrong. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. And thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your position at Mass Eye and Ear and any place else that you hold a position. I am the uh, director of a 24-7 eye emergency room at Mass Eye and Ear, which is the hospital for the Harvard Medical System. Uh, provides eye care to Brigham and Women's Hospital, Mass General, uh, Beth Israel Deaconess, and some of the other eye hospitals around. Um, in that role, I help oversee a busy emergency room that sees trauma from all over New England and really from all over the world that gets sent in to us. I'm also a, a medical retina and cataract surgeon and help uh, teach medical students and residents as well. What prompted you to go into eye care? Well, my sister, when she was young, had a, uh, a lazy eye and went to see pediatric eye doctors very often. And uh, throughout the course of her care, me and my three other siblings got to go along with her. So we all tagged along to the eye doctor. I thought the eye doctor was really fun. We got mm -hmm. to watch <laughs> cartoons and and help take care of my sister's problems. She has great vision now, and I thought it was fascinating when I got older. Explored the field a little bit when I was in uh, high school and college, and then one thing after the next, it just kept leading me towards this field, and I've never regretted it since. Now, I did, of course, mention that you're uh, here to talk about some presentations at this year's American Academy of Ophthalmology uh, annual meeting. Why were these studies important? What, what makes them so important, especially now? Well, we all recognize that during the pandemic, um, telemedical care really took off, and it was really the only way that care could be provided to many patients across the country in all fields of medicine. Unfortunately, if you look at the numbers, ophthalmology was the worst of all those specialties in terms of preparedness for telemedicine implementation and use. As a result, a lot of eye care patients went untreated, and unfortunately, some of those patients did not get the care they needed during the pandemic. And so me and a few of my colleagues at Mass Ioneer, Harvard, and across the country, really the world, are working on trying to innovate ways to advance um, care for patients uh, through telemedicine. Now, there's multiple areas where this is um, useful. I think it's worth knowing that AI and telemedicine are hot topics, but when you, hit, uh, when you get uh, in the weeds, uh, AI and telemedicine are extremely useful tools to trying to make sure that we provide the right diagnosis to the right patient uh, remotely. A few interesting things that came up in the talk are, number one, that the AI advances in ophthalmology are astounding. Imagine this. Well, taking a single photo of a patient's eye, you can determine and diagnose not only if they have diabetes in the eye, but you can also understand what their gender is, their age, their systolic and diastolic blood pressure, whether they have kidney disease, and whether they have autism. I mean, I think that stuff is insane. Uh, that's not even mm. things that an eye doctor can tell by looking in the eye. And then in terms of telemedicine, I just told you that we weren't very prepared, but ever since the pandemic started, a lot of work has been done. And we found ways to um, use AI and telemedicine to serve and screen patients with eye conditions across state lines and really across the country in underserved communities. We've, we've used novel tools and technology to try to um, diagnose disease remotely, like digital remote control slit lamps and home-based um, OCTs, which is a device for looking at the retina. We've even built whole curricula 
around trying to train the next generation of ophthalmologists and the current generation of ophthalmologists to better use AI in telemedicine. You know, you mentioned uh, the pandemic revealing some things to us. It revealed that many of the uh, traditional models of uh, getting care, access to that care, wasn't necessary. And um, telemedicine and AI combined have streamlined the process of of care extremely quickly. Were there uh, areas in ophthalmology that were revealed to be just uh, redundant or hadn't not necessary now that we've learned a few things? Well, I think that we understand that there are aspects of what we do as ophthalmologists that AI can do as good or even better than we can. If we look inside of a patient's eye and try to determine whether they have very mild evidence of diabetes, you can imagine we're looking with very bright lights, the patient's uncomfortable, it's causing a lot of issues of tearing, and you know, you can't always get the best exam. But with a single photo, that machine, that computer can tell us whether that's there with incredibly high accuracy. And so that's the things that we know the computers can do really well. But unfortunately, our field is incredibly exam heavy, and we don't have all the tools that we need to examine the eye remotely. Sometimes just hopping on a Zoom call or you know, a FaceTime chat with your doctor is really not enough to get a high-quality eye exam of the front or even the back of the eye. And so there's a lot of things that need to be done to make sure that this stuff is ready for the future implementation of telemedicine. I'd say our field, that's why we were the the laggards during telemedicine, but a lot of people are working on that. And a lot of new tools and tech is being created. And so I think there is hope for our field. In your opinion, what should healthcare professionals be aware of in terms of telemedicine and AI when they're considering innovations in eye care? Well, I think one of the things to know, I'll break it out into two things. First, I'll talk about telemedicine, then I'll talk about AI specifically. But for telemedicine, For any eye care provider that's interested in in exploring telemedicine, just remember that telemedicine care is really just the same as in-person care. You're just trying to offload various parts to digital or virtual assistants. Imagine this. If an eye doctor normally sees a patient in their office and they have their technician gather their history and their vision, the eye doctor looks at their exam uh, with a slit lamp and a big uh, microscope on their head, and then they uh, get all their testing. Well, why can't we have a virtual technician room the patient and get all that information without the technician even being there or before they get into the room? Why can't we get those pictures asynchronously? So the patient comes and gets their imaging at a local testing center, kind of like radiologists with mammography. And then the ophthalmologist will look at that after the fact. These kind of decoupling the exam components from the in-person care that we're used to is, I think, where the future is going to be. And it really stands to make practices more efficient. It stands to give patients better, more efficient, and timely care. And it means that we can expand our reach in terms of being an eye doctor to patients that we normally wouldn't have had access to otherwise. So these new models of care are possible. For those that are interested at Mass Eye and Ear, we're trying something called hybrid telemedicine. Hybrid telemedicine is where you get your care by getting your images taken locally either at your local optometrist or at a local community health center. And then I will review that after the fact and call you with the results. And I can even share my screen and show you the pictures. And we're also using it for emergent care, where patients, before they even get to our eye emergency room, can be set up with a virtual visit so that we can diagnose and treat people before they show up. It doesn't always work, but when it works, patients love it and it can provide better quality care. But then for AI, it's worth knowing that from all the fields of medicine, Um, I would say that in many ways, ophthalmology is at the leading edge of the AI revolution. Um, Early on, the very first FDA-approved device using using AI 
to autonomously diagnose a disease was in ophthalmology. Using a single camera, you can set that camera up in any primary care office or endocrinology office. And it can tell that patient point of care whether they have diabetes in the eye and whether it's bad enough to need to see an ophthalmologist or not. I mean, I think that's pretty insane that the computer is that smart and that capable, but it's, it's already FDA approved and there's a few companies out there doing it. But the future is really unlimited because the window, people say the eye is a window to the soul. And in many ways, that's very true for medicine because if you look inside of the eye, you can see nerve tissue and blood vessels. And those nerves and blood vessels are really the only area of the body where you can see them just by looking. As a result, this is why you can take a picture with AI and determine whether someone has uh, high blood pressure or what their age is or what their gender is or if they have issues with their kidneys. And so I think in the future, I think we should all be ready that ophthalmic tools may very well be a source of systemic body information and used for screening or long-term management of patient conditions that really might not be eye-related at all. Give us a website where listeners can learn more about Massachusetts Eye and Ear. If you're interested in learning about all the tools and technology that Mass Eye and Ear has to offer or to get care with us, you can go to www.masseyeandear.org. Doctor, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I'm hoping that you'll return and we can uh, continue our conversation and speak in, in much more detail. Well, thank you again for having me. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Grayson Armstrong. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download, and anchor Spotify. And be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.